Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,921. Be prepared to be inspired and buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Los Angeles, California, with a very special guest by the name of Thomas Hodges. Thomas, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Thanks for having me, and I'm always ready. All right. Now, I usually ask my guests one little thing that most people don't know about you. One thing that I know about you, and I want to give you and your your partner there a hearty congratulations. You just had a first baby boy, right? I did. I did. And that was my uh, my about me. That was an interesting fact is typically I'm a big morning person. You know, I'm usually out of bed before four. But to your previous <laughs> point, that that has not really been the case the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Now you're up all night. Uh, wow. Well, you know, it's a super exciting time for you and your new son. Congratulations. Uh, we had a great little pre-show chat, uh, Thomas and I. I was trying to give him some fatherly advice because I've been a parent for many, many years and I just became a grandparent. So what he's going through uh, with his girlfriend and what my daughter and her husband are going through, they're all living in the same boat right now. Zombie land, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, it gets easier. It'll get better. And before you know it, uh, he'll be doing hot laps with you. So uh, there you go. What is one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Thomas? Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say the morning person thing, I think because, uh, you know, our business is kind of fun and exciting. And I think people probably would think I sleep in pretty late. But yeah, I'm with the exception of the last few weeks, I'm usually up, up before four and, and working. I, I think I I probably get more done by nine o'clock than a lot of people do in a day. So I'm yeah. an early riser and, and sort of going a hundred miles an hour all the time. You know, I love that. The early mornings I do the same thing and you can get a lot done because people aren't bothering you. Uh, I find it's a very creative time for me and I've always been that way. I think it started when I was a paper boy back in junior high. I delivered papers for five years. I'd get up at four, four fifteen and then go surfing afterwards because I grew up in Southern California and then go to school. Um, so I just got used to the early mornings and I, the, the few times I sleep in, I feel guilty like I wasted something. Exactly. And also, it's a good time to go for a drive. You know, there's nobody on the roads at at 430 in the morning. So if you want to go and really make the most of the hills and the canyons and things like that, um, that's when there's no traffic. There you go. A little secret. Well, that will tie into what we're going to talk about today. Let me give you a proper introduction. Thomas Hodges' day on the racetrack, many days on the racetrack, resulted in him founding the Ultimate Track Day Company. He and his team host automotive events at some of the finest racetracks, including Laguna Seca, one of my favorites, the Thermal Club, another great place, and many others. They provide spectacular experiences at tracks for their customers with instructors, including people like Connor Daly, an IndyCar driver, Lamborghini Super Trofeo champion Richard Antonucci, and other pros. The goal is to create the, the most luxurious and memorable motorsports experience 
possible. Their next event is coming up in October the 29th and 30th at Laguna Seca. Thomas is a lifelong automotive enthusiast whose first job was selling Bentleys in Beverly Hills, then Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, Bentley, and Aston Martin. He ran the Lamborghini store while he was in La Jolla, California, the city I grew up in, and then he started his own exotic automotive brokerage firm selling exotics. We're going to learn more about Thomas and his new business, but first a word from our valued sponsors, so keep the seatbelts on. Not quite feeding time for that new baby yet, so we've got a little time to go here, and we'll be right back. Covercraft has the most complete line of custom seat covers available. Choose between the polycotton seat savers, Endura Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, Leatherette Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, and their durable Carhartt Seat Covers. They're all easy to install and remove, and guess what? They're machine washable too. Easy cleanup to make them look brand new. No more worries about the kids spilling on your seats or your pets damaging your expensive upholstery or leather. Covercraft's quality seat covers protect from damaging pet claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, food, drink spills, drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's fine surfaces. Headrest and armrest covers and color options are also available on many of the styles. And I've got a great offer for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping with the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Visit Covercraft.com today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Thomas, uh, let's dive a little deeper into the corner, something that you love to do. I'd love for you to talk about this concept and this business of the Ultimate Track Day because it sounds like so much fun. I raced for 12 years. I started by going to track days with clubs to see if I was comfortable on the track at speed. Turns out I was, and ah, there you go, start racing. But you guys do some cool things for people that maybe don't want to go racing, but they want to go on the track and have fun and do it in a pretty safe environment and do it with some wonderful trainers, if you will. I mean, some of those names. I tossed out there. Holy cow. So walk us through what this is all about. Grab the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, you know, we book the best tracks in the world. I've been fortunate over the years to to make friends with a lot of incredible race car drivers. And we basically just set out, you know, we said what would be sort of a utopic track event, right? So we looked at all the 
the usual pitfalls of a typical track day, too many cars on the track. You know, the food usually isn't great if you're in the middle of nowhere. We just looked at how we could do it, put our own spin on it, and sort of check all the right boxes. So our events, there's a lot less cars. Like I said, the tracks are amazing. The instructors are amazing. And just kind of creating a utopic track day environment and really just trying to offer something that's a little different than than everything else out there. And like you said, it's not necessarily for people who want to race, but it's it's more commonly you know, the guy who's a doctor or a lawyer and wanted to be a race car driver. But, you know, we always say sort of had to settle for being a captain of industry on the weekends, wants to go have fun and, and sort of experience what it's like. So that's sort of who we cater to. And obviously, within that, there's people that come to our events. And obviously, you know about the bug. So they catch that. And then next thing you know, the car has slicks on it. And then next thing you know, maybe it's a race car. And, and then, you know, we're watching them on TV. But <laughs> But that's sort of the short version is just trying to create an amazing place and we do great little events around it so we do rallies and one of the most exciting parts a lot of people have said is you know we usually do like a friday night cocktail reception the night before and do a dinner the night after and one thing people really enjoy is is just the camaraderie in the people and as i'm sure you know you know the the laughs after a day on the track and just the conversation and it's really kind of a unique situation to be around similar people and those are usually a lot of fun so it, it's sort of a whole experience well, I love what you're doing because when I started getting to be part of this, I was it was with the BMW Club and the Porsche Club, and we would have track days. But the challenge with those was you would get there, they were decently organized, but they were pretty loosey-goosey. You had to bring your own food. There was never anything good to eat. You had to bring all your own stuff. There typically were maybe some people that were there to help you, but they weren't always the best and i'll tell you my first day on the track i spent the whole day in my bmw m3 everything went well and the end of the day the instructors took us out for rides in their cars my instructor spun his car and flipped it over on its roof oh and that was my first day and i came home from that event really kind of starting to question going is this something that i really want to do oh my gosh the guy just wrecked his cool car uh, <laughs> you know i don't want to wreck my car uh i don't know if this is the right thing to do and Thankfully, I wasn't hurt. But I love the concept of having pros there to train. You're at state-of-the-art facilities, Thermal Club, Laguna Seca, other tracks that you go to. And I like this, the the evening before you get together, you get to know the other people because lots of times when you get to these tracks, you don't know who else is out there. And if you're in a, a track where you're all going together and they allow passing, there's always that one Yahoo <laughs> that you just go, this guy's going to be a problem. He's the guy that doesn't listen at the beginning when they're talking to all of you and telling you the rules. He's over there chatting or on his phone and you go, that's the guy who's going to cause problems or he's going to crash. And I love that end of the day get together because you can network, get to know people. This is cool. Some of, What are some of the other tracks that you have plans for attending? I know Laguna Seca is coming up, which was one of my favorites. Yeah, Laguna Seca is, is one of my favorites in the world, too. We're looking next year for the 2022 calendar, and we're looking at Sonoma. Um, we're looking at Coda. Obviously, we'll do Laguna again. And then looking at a few other options, Indianapolis has been floated, which would be pretty interesting. And then um, we're also looking at Road America, Road Atlanta, and a few other, all the all the sort of marquee tracks. But they sort of have to fit you know, a certain criteria for them to really make sense with our program. But yeah, I mean, all, all the best track um, usually is where you'll find us at. Oh, this is fantastic. Tell me a little bit about your background, because when I gave you an introduction, 
you worked in the automotive sales industry for a while. I mean, you sold high-end cars to high-end clientele. So you're used to being around these people who have wealth, but they also understand and enjoy uh, exotic cars, uh, sports cars, hypercars, things like that. These are people that can't they don't buy cars just because of the prestige. They like nice cars. They understand that. So you're in your element here, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I to your point, I I guess it's sort of a funny first job in automotive, but you know, working in, in for Bentley in Beverly Hills, and but I'd been a longtime car enthusiast. My grandparents live in Salinas, and so as a kid, I would make my mom take me up to the concourse and and all that stuff. Obviously, we didn't go to the events because I was like eight years old, but, um, just seeing the cars and that sort of really, you know, solidified as a passion for me and I never really stopped. And so, yeah, I worked at Bentley in Beverly Hills, which is a pretty interesting first job in cars. Yeah. No um, kidding. You know, first adult job in selling cars. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they bought a dealership in La Jolla. So I ran the Lamborghini store in La Jolla and just, yeah, all of it. And, but I realized, you know, my favorite, I don't think I'm the best person to sell cars because what I realize is, you know, if I'm selling you a car, the worse the deal is for you, the better it is for me. Mm. And I like the people and I like the cars and I didn't want it to be, uh, you know, a heavy, stressful environment. So I realized, you know, where I had the most fun over that time in my career was anytime we would do things at the racetrack, you know, where everybody was just sort of having a good time. And so I sort of said, hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we try to have a go of this as a career? So that's sort of how we got started. When you think about what you do and these experiences that you create, because you're really an experienced company, what's the favorite aspect of these experiences for you? For me, I mean, honestly, I think it's just positive feedback and seeing people have a great time. You know, anytime I get a text or an, an email from somebody who attended and they just say, hey, that was a really incredible time for me to bond with my son, or that was a great weekend that I had with my wife, or, you know, whatever the case may be, just, you know, knowing we created something that was really enjoyable for other people and, um, you know, an opportunity to, you know, enjoy cars. It's, we're sort of moving into a strange time where, you know, kids aren't getting their driver's licenses and, you know, cars are self-driving. And so I'm sort of hoping that I can keep, you know, the enthusiast sector of the car world alive as long as possible. Well, I think that's the key is providing experiences for people that maybe didn't realize that this existed. And I'm seeing more of these types of things pop up. I know that car dealers or marks are realizing the importance of experiences for people. And you're starting to see that, especially in the high-end market. You can go out. They've been doing it for a while. Porsche here in the Pacific Northwest will rent the track for the day and invite people out. I've been to several Porsche experiences. I was at a Bentley experience, which I almost didn't go to. And I'm so glad I did because driving a Bentley on the track, I thought for a while, like, why would I want to drive a big, heavy car on the track? Oh my gosh, those cars right. blew me away. I couldn't I couldn't believe when I got out going, that car did that? That was fun. But I love the fact that you're seeing some people bring their kids out there, young people. The more young people that get into our hobby and into our passion, those will be the people that will carry things forward. You're a young person, so uh, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I always like to ask about what I call driving inspirations. Maybe mentors or influential people in your life that were quite helpful to you. Uh, do you have one of those in your life? Yeah, one of my really good friends who's kind of a like an older brother mentor. He's someone I think of for this. He's a he's a you know huge car enthusiast. He's one of the people that I sort of took uh, took the waking up early thing from. Right, he's always up at three in the morning and just oh, ungodly gosh. hours. Oh. He's done a really good job. Has all the cool cars you want, but you know if we go over to a 
a friend's house for a dinner or something like that, he'll also you know, do the dishes and sweep without anyone asking him to, <laughs> yeah. which if I had a, a garage full of dream cars, I don't know that I would do. So that's kind of what I'm looking to do is just be as successful as possible. But, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't turn into a jerk once you have all the cool toys, right? Well, yeah, be a good person. What's his name? Chris. Well, we all need a Chris in our lives, someone that we can uh, learn from and look up to. And uh, I try to be a good mentor to anyone who I can help. I've got some people that I've done that with as well. And, you know, when you're older, like me, God, I just say that? Yeah, I did. Uh, (laughs) Well, I am a grandpa now, so I'll wear that badge with pride. You know, we've lived through a lot of different things. So we have a lot of things. Sometimes older people don't realize they have so much to share with younger people if the younger people are willing to listen. And I look back in my life, I had many people who became mentors, whether I even knew they were at the time, that took me under their wing and taught me things and helped me do things. So it's a really important, on both sides, part of life, uh, that's for sure. We'll take a short break and we come back. I want to talk about some challenges that you've maybe faced and have you share those with us and what those life learning lessons are all about. So keep the uh, seatbelts on. We're still at the track here with Thomas Hodges. We'll be right back. I've discovered... Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion. And mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars yeah! is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. So we are back. So let's talk about this, a challenge, a failure, some big wall you smacked into that you didn't expect but tell me what the lesson learned from that experience was so you could come out of it on a positive way on the other side. Yeah, well, thinking back, one that was really sort of pivotal for me was there was a, a dealer group I worked for that hit the skids financially pretty hard. And it was pretty ugly and a, a huge nightmare. And I remember, you know, I had customers calling me, you know, at 11 o'clock midnight saying, hey, you guys owe me money for a car I traded in. Do I need to call my lawyer? Mm-hmm. This and that. And and I was caught in the middle and, and felt helpless. You know, there was nothing I could do. But that really sort of fired me up to to say, hey, ultimately, you know, you need to work for yourself, right? That's mm-hmm. something people had always kind of said, and I'd always repeated and never fully understood what it meant. 
Yeah. But I just kind of decided, hey, if things are going to go wrong, I'm at least going to, you know, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot, not have somebody else do it. So that was sort of a moment where I really kind of, you know, I, I wasn't ready to launch into my own thing just yet. But I kind of in my mind at that point had it made up that uh, you got to go work for yourself. Yeah. If you're going to be a hard worker, build your own legacy. And I always tell people, young people, you know, you may want to work for a while for someone else and create a bit of a landing pad for you, either financially or just knowledge wise. Uh, Think of jobs as your MBAs that you get paid to do and then go out on your own. But uh, that must have been a very, very challenging time when you work for a company that goes under and leaves some people in the lurch and you're sitting there with no power to help them. That must have been hard. I could, I could, we could go into a whole nother hour on it. I have so many interesting stories, but yeah, it was. It was really hard, you know, and, and just sort of not knowing, you know, if we were going to get paid that week and things mm-hmm. like that. It it was very interesting. And also, I realized, too, I think a sense of responsibility now that I'm paying people, realizing, you know, if, if I do something silly, you know, I'm hurting other people now, right? Now that right. people are relying on me, you know, you really sort of, it makes you grow up a little bit and think like, hey, if I make this decision, you know, it's going to impact other people, right? So right. It, it was sort of a, that was kind of a, a harsh growing up moment for me, I would say. May I ask you this? We don't have to get into names or anything like that, but did you see things coming that were making you go, wait a minute, something isn't right now? Because lots of times when when things happen in companies, you have a sense, but you don't want to, almost don't want to admit it or Maybe your bosses don't admit it, but you, you want to go, you want to believe that they have good intent, that things are going to be fine. And then afterwards you go, man, I wish I had listened to my gut and gotten out of here before everything fell apart. Was that the case for you or was it a complete rug yanked out from under your feet? No, it was, it was definitely, there was writing on the wall. I think looking back, it's so clear, but at the time you yeah. just kind of, you think like, Hey, Maybe I'm overreacting or or things like that, but yeah, definitely now looking back, it's it's unbelievable that that most of us made it out of there okay, you know. But yeah, it's there was definitely writing on the wall. But as you said, when it's the people that are you know at the top, you know who are you gonna who are you gonna tell, right? You're gonna tell them that they're mm. screwing up. You know, you're kind of in a pinch. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is where lesson lessons learned are really important. And this is a great thing for listeners out there that might be working at a place where something doesn't smell right. I've been in these situations and if something doesn't smell right, if something seems wrong, it is. Every time it is. And especially if you can't go to your boss or coworkers and speak frankly and ask brutally clear questions about what is going on here. Uh, if you can't do that, then you probably need to go somewhere else. Would you agree? I would agree. And also the, the exotic car world is a pretty interesting world. I remember I read an article a while ago about another dealer group that had a huge problem back in uh, like the late 90s. And the beginning of the article, it said there's only three places in the world where large amounts of cash change hands with very little paperwork. And it's drugs, diamonds, and exotic cars. Right? So, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the world you're in. You're probably the best of those three, but, you know, you're still in a crazy world. I'll add a fourth one, art. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think some of, the, <laughs> some of that world is basically a money laundering business, but I don't know that. 
for a fact, but <laughs> it sure seems fishy a lot of the times to me. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Let's look ahead maybe two, three years. I don't want to go too fur- far further out because after what we've all had to deal with with COVID, uh, I think a company like yours definitely gets affected by this thing. Nope, you can't do anything where there's people together. Sorry. What does your bucket list look like for your business in the next two, three years? What If you could have it do and be anything, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, I, I really would like to start doing stuff on a international scale. You know, there's a, a lot of the premier tracks in the world, let's be honest, are, are in Europe. Yep. Um, and I think as everybody I talk to over here, you know, I always have clients saying, you know, let's go to spa, let's go to Nürburgring, right? Yep. Um, which is sounds great. And I agree. Once you start looking at the logistics and the finances of it and trying to make it all work, it's a little more tricky. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, if, if we could sort of solidify a group that's willing to do that and then and then start attacking the tracks, I mean, how cool would it be if we, you know, went on a trip with a little group of us and, and did sort of what we do, but at Silverstone, for example, or yeah. Suzuka. I mean, yeah. it would be it'd be really incredible. So that's that's one thing that we really uh you know we're really shooting for. Ah, sounds spectacular. I'd love for you to share a special vehicle story in your life. You've been around some very cool cars. Is there a car that's been either a car for you or a car you've owned or a car you've been around that has a special meaning for you? And if so, what is it or what was it? And share a special story about that vehicle. So I think uh there's a couple, but probably the one that that comes to mind was I was working in a, a hotel in Newport Beach as a valet and my first uh first day on the job there was a brand new Murcielago LP640 Roadster which coming from living in you know Sacramento was basically like I was seeing a space shuttle and so over time I befriended the uh the guy that was the owner of the car who was a super nice guy and he was the first one you know that would sort of tell me you got to get into business for yourself you know because you know the tax ramifications and this and that which I would just sort of go around repeating for another 20 years until I actually understood what that meant and, <laughs> and did it myself. But it sounded really good. Yep. And he had a Lamborghini and I didn't. So I thought, you know, he must know what he's talking he, he about. He knew something. Yeah, exactly. And so we became friends and he commented one day, he said, well, you've driven the car, right? You know what I'm talking about. And I said, I haven't. He's like, well, do you want to drive it? How about Sunday? And so I just couldn't even believe that this was happening. Yeah. And I remember going to bed on Saturday night, just thinking like, holy cow. I'm going to get to drive a Lamborghini tomorrow, which six months earlier wasn't even a fantasy in my mind. And it poured on Saturday night. I mean, just absolutely poured, you know, and this is a sports car with no top. And I thought, you know, this guy's probably going to cancel, but he didn't. And he just said, Hey, why don't we just do it a little bit later and, and see if the, uh, the clouds up. break, yeah. which they did. And, and we went and I just, it's, it's, it seems like it was yesterday. It was, it was really, uh, it was really pretty incredible. Wow. And then um, the other one is actually also a Lamborghini, which was, you know, we got to go drive the Huracan before it came out in the U.S. at Imola, which, Ooh. as you know, is is pretty, you know, it's where Senna died. It's, it's you know, a lot of great races have happened there. And that was pretty special. I think those two cars will always have, uh, you know, a soft spot in my heart. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Very, very cool. Yeah, Lamborghinis are just, you know, they're like the uh, outlaw Ferrari. In my mind, they're the outlaw cousin Ferrari. <laughs> you know, they're like the, the Ferrari cousin that kind of went wild. And, uh, yeah. you know, which it's kind of makes sense when you think about the history of uh, Fruccio Lamborghini and his uh, frustrations with uh, Enzo Ferrari. And I'm going to make my own car, you know, 
the rest is history. So uh, two very nice rides. Well, I'm going to call on your head here, Thomas, and be your psychologist, your automotive psychologist. <laughs> if you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Yeah, I think I would probably be, and of course, I'm deciding here, so it's going to be something cool, but I think I would be, you know, a Formula One car in qualifying trim, right, for the the powers cranked all the way up and, um, you know, just sort of on the limit, on the edge, kind of, that's just how I am. You can ask anybody that I do business with or have meetings with. I'm just, I'm sort of going 200 miles an hour all the time, which, you know, drives some people crazy. But I would say, <laughs> you know, when you're watching the the cars in qualifying and they've, they've got the boost cranked up and the cars are just twitching all over the place and, and the drivers are just, you know, barely containing them. I think that's probably sort of, you know, what I would be in a car for him. <laughs> get up early, get out of the pits, and get going. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. Is there a great book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? The one I always recommend is Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. That's a book that always really stuck with me. Have you read it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a great writer. He's written a lot of great books. Uh, Blink is definitely one of them. Uh, originally, my son turned me on to Malcolm and his writings. And uh, yeah, I wish he'd been writing back when I was your age, although he wasn't born yet, I don't think so. <laughs> that ages me again. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's written some really great books. And uh, I think I've probably written, read all of them, I'm thinking here. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed uh, many of his books in to me, Blink is, uh, it's all about the power of thinking, how you think the process. What did that book do for you? Well, I sort of got out of it just that the the brain is a supercomputer sort of beyond what science and research. I mean, the top people in the world still sort of find it a mystery, right? So we don't exactly know how it all works, but we we know that pretty much the more stuff you you cram in there and sort of let the supercomputer do its job, and then sort of trust your gut, knowing that the supercomputer in your head is smarter than you could ever be consciously, right? So it, it just sort of fired me up to read as much as possible. I've always just, you know, ever since I was really little, just reading and get the info in there and then, you know, let the let the brain take over and, and do the magic. That's kind of what I got out of it. I don't know if that's yeah. you know, what he intended. But. I think you're right. I have a good friend who's a neurosurgeon. And I asked him one time, I think we used to race vintage cars together. And he's a car guy to this day. And uh, I said, why did you get into, why did you pick that type of medicine? He said, because the brain is the part of the human anatomy we know the least about. There's always things to learn about what the brain's doing. It's such an incredible, he said, when you, when you open somebody's head up, as he calls it, cracking skulls, and you look <laughs> at that brain and you realize the power in that thing, you know, what it can do, he goes, it's just overwhelming. Yeah. And uh, of course, being a doctor, physician, he wants to help people. He's also a pediatric neurosurgeon. So imagine working wow. on babies' brains and nervous systems and, you know, skull or backbones and, uh, yeah, just amazing stuff. So, uh, yeah, great books by Malcolm Gladwell. That guy's uh, quite the thinker. Okay, I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. Now, you've already been on a couple of those with these guys, Lamborghinis, but I'm going to make it better. I'm going to give you any car in the world to drive. You can drive with anybody. This could be a person living or deceased, and you could be driving anywhere. So what does the ultimate drive look like for Thomas Hodges? Well, obviously, the first answer would be anywhere with my girlfriend, right? But <laughs> good answer. The second answer, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting good in my old age. <laughs> the second answer, I think I think probably one of my favorite people is, uh, is Richard Antonucci, who's one of our – he does instruction at our events, and um, he's about the funniest, most entertaining person you could ever meet, and also – absolute world-class driver i think if we had something fast you know in some roads that would be one of the people i'd really have a, 
a really good time with. What's the but but you gotta pick a car for me today. I'm not gonna let you off. Oh, I got to pick a car too. Well, of course, yeah, any car in the world. Mm. New, old, vintage race car. Well, you can't really go in a race car with somebody unless it's a you know GT car. They could throw a seat in the side there. Yeah, I think maybe go with the McLaren Senna. It, uh, you know, you sort of got all your bases covered, and uh, yeah, and for the road, I mean, that's that's really pretty incredible. Piece nice. of machinery. Yeah. Is there a place you'd like to be driving somewhere in the States, somewhere in Europe? Mm, I always wanted to do that road that they found on Top Gear that they said was the greatest driving in the road in the world, which I can't remember. I think it was like Romania or something like that. But, you know, I mean, it's funny, right? Because that's one of the things I've noticed. The car, whether it's car shows or track days, all that stuff is just kind of a kind of a backdrop. And what really makes them amazing is, is you know, the people and just the laughs and it's kind of our equivalent of like what some people would find in a fishing trip, but right. It's not really the fishing. It's more just an excuse to get together with friends and laugh and, and not think about work for a day or two. So, um, I don't know if it's just my old age and I'm getting sentimental, but yeah, I really enjoy, you know, just being around friends and family. And that's why I'm lucky. What I get to do is basically hang out with all the people I like at racetracks. So I feel kind of spoiled. Well, you've created the magic to a happy life for sure. I was at a kind of invited to be a speaker at an event and this guy showed up and he looked like a farmer. I mean, he had overalls on. He looked like he'd come out of a cornfield, but he brought some of his cars. <laughs> one of them was a LaFerrari. One of them was a Senna. One was a Bugatti Veyron. One was a Porsche 918. Yeah. Those are all his cars. And I got to sit in all of them. I, unfortunately, I was hoping he'd throw me the keys, but he didn't. But when I crawled into that Senna and shut the door, I, that just felt good. <laughs> was, yeah. I went, okay, this, because sometimes those supercars, they look really cool. The ideas of them is really cool. But some of them are what Bruce Canapa told me are kind of one hour cars. You buy them, you yeah. drive them, and you kind of go, uh, this, you know, I was, I asked Bruce, I said, you know, well, what would you buy or what would you drive? Because he can drive anything as a car that you could take to the track. You could drive in the street. And he goes, ah, Porsche every time. And that Porsche 959 SC that he creates, where he reimagines the 959 and makes it even better. How could he do that? But Bruce Canopy can do that. He said that would be the car or a GT3, GT3 RS, even a Porsche Turbo S. They're just great all around cars. He said the other ones are awesome, but most of those guys don't drive on tracks with them. They don't want to break them and they end up being one hour cars but the senna to me kind of changed that a little bit and i don't know again i didn't get to drive it have you ever been able to drive one or drive in one where it's at speed yeah you have. yeah okay. i mean obviously i can't i'm not good enough to to push it to the limits of what it can do but i thought it was very cool but yeah obviously um you know that's why i like having the professional guys around and it's one of the things i enjoy about our events is you know because some guy will have a a pista or something and he'll say i know what this thing can do i take it to the canyons and you know blah 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 and then you know we'll give him a lap with one of our guys and he'll just say i had no idea i don't even know what i'm talking about i don't know how it did that you yeah. know and and it's cool because then they'll say you know i have such a better appreciation for my car now like i almost want to give it a hug you know knowing like wow like i can't believe you just did that that's another thing i really get a kick out of well the fact that you Keep to the track with these cars at speed, which is really where you should be because, you know, you just don't want to be pushing cars out in the public, no matter how good you're a driver. It's just there's too many ways to, to hurt yourself or other people. But to do it on a track setting where the track's designed for a car like that, you really get a, a great sense for it, which is uh, the only way to do it. I mean, it's so much fun and you can feel somewhat safe 
I mean, he could still crash on a track, but uh, a lot less likely to hit a telephone pole or a curb or something like that, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, they are, uh, oh, yeah, they're quite special. Very cool. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful track day today, Thomas. Uh, really enjoyed spending some time with you. Uh, you got a little respite from uh, the new little guy there, but now <laughs> it's time to go back to your dad duties. Before I let you go, could you share one little success quote mantra or a a meaning that has uh, something that would offer our listeners some great advice. Yeah. I mean, I think one of them is, you know, somebody told me when I was looking at venturing out and starting my own business, they said, you know, do it when you're young, right? Do it when you're young and you don't have people that, that depend on you and rely on you. And, um, you know, cause at some point you're going to have people, you know, who you had taken care of and, and those chances, those chances you take will impact people. So if there's something that you want to do, I think you should, you should do something you love and, you know, roll the dice and, and bet on yourself. You know, that would be a big one. Bet on yourself. I love that one. Most definitely. How can people learn more about sign up and experience the ultimate track day? Yeah. So we're pretty big on Instagram. It's just ultimate track day. And then uh, our website is the letter U, utrackday.com because we didn't want to spell out ultimate and make it too much for people to type. So there you go. <laughs> U track day. Well, that makes sense. Your track day, you track day. I'll make sure I put links to those on Thomas's show notes page. They've got a cool website too. Uh, it opens up to cars on the track. You just get mesmerized, you get all fired up. You want to go out and have some fun. Check these guys out, listeners. If you want to go have some fun on the track, uh, this is the way to do it. Ultimate track day. I want to do a uh, shout out. Thank you to Stanislav Kaplan for introducing me to Thomas. Stanislav, thank you. I have so many great friends and past guests who bring me some wonderful guests so i really really appreciate that thomas thanks for taking a little break from your new little boy again congratulations to you and your girlfriend what a joy uh you're in for some wonderful rides with that new little guy until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thanks mark you're welcome thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.